welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode, usually only available to members. These episodes are comprised of our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, all getting together for a roundtable discussion on topics that we find interesting. So here's a few minutes for free so you can know what all the fuss is about. Our actual first topic is to hear from Allison from Boulder, who wanted to chime in on our previous discussion about uh, what Dion brought to light for all of us was the connection between reading and empathy and why a lot of people uh, see that as explicitly bad. Hi, Jay. This is Allison in Boulder. I wanted to let Dion know that I really appreciate him telling us about the phenomenon of people like Sam Bankman-Fried telling people not to read because they don't want to experience empathy so they can be sharks, etc. It really explains something about my ex, who was extremely manipulative and had very little empathy. He only read technical books, mainly about engineering, and books about business tycoons and their strategies. He thought that reading anything that puts one in the mind of another person, such as fiction, was a waste of time and he thought I was really stupid for reading things like fiction or autobiographies of anyone who wasn't talking about making money. He also used to get angry at me that I wouldn't do things that harm others for his and my own gain. He used to accuse me of not being confident or being afraid of others when I would refuse, which absolutely isn't true. He also grew up in the elite class in Moscow and was taught to admire people like Putin and Medvedev, and reading fiction is highly discouraged in that class of people also. What Dion said was very enlightening to me about his psyche, so even though it was potentially upsetting to people who maybe haven't had situations in their lives like the ones I've been in, it was very helpful for me to know, and it actually helps me feel more empathy and understanding toward my ex, and that helps me be less angry with him. Thanks as always for the awesome show. So my first thought is, that sounds like capitalism culture. When when you state as fact that if you're not reading about making money, you're wasting your time. I mm-hmm. I just I love the idea that a person would think that that is just obviously true, as opposed to the result of the culture that they exist within that prizes money over being a human. You know, I was like I was like, what would the equivalent be? In a, in a traditional culture, what, what might someone say? Like, if you're not reading about the tastiest ways to prepare your fruit and the most creative ways to expand your artistic <laughs> horizons, you're wasting your time. You know? <laughs> if, you, if you have a different context, you'll come to a different conclusion. <laughs> oh, first of all, I'm just, I'm just so sorry she experienced that. That just sounds awful. And I'm really glad that she's able to move on from it and and I just love that in the end, this hearing this gave her empathy <laughs> for for her ex. I mean, what a lovely person you are, Allison. <laughs> but, but that's how they get you. That, that one, the one way empathy. That, that's a trap because they get to keep being terrible, right? And then right. we're we expand our empathy and feel good about it, but then, ugh. yeah. This is just like a layer of that anti-intellectualism that that side kind of goes after. That, mm-hmm. like, God forbid you learn something and learn why something is the way it is, because right. then you can't blindly support it, right? Exactly. Oof. Yeah, it is. It's fear. actually, actually, that's a really good point, Aaron, that this is almost, this is like eyes wide open about it, right? The The idea of not, don't read because we know it'll make you more empathetic. Like, it's very clear-eyed in that way 
we're, we're consciously trying not to be more empathetic. (laughs) And I mean, we did have that big discussion about empathy and how it's seen as a negative thing. Like, yeah. Feminism, feminine, weak. Um, Yeah. So unfortunately we're going to talk about Andrew Tate, but briefly and, and stay stay with us. Don't leave. (laughs) Stay. Yeah. So we realize like, we're probably going to have to make, a full episode about hypermisogyny because it's really peaking in popular culture right now. But we had already had this thought of, of talking about Andrew Tate on the bonus show and just like sort of, I mean, there was the Greta Thunberg tweet fiasco and, and we'll, we'll just, we'll go over it briefly, but don't worry, we're not going to get too deep into it for, for those who need a little catch up. Andrew Tate was a kickboxer turned king of the misogynist. He's a social media influencer, very much embraced by the far right. He's American British. And he sort of like grew up partly in the US, partly in the UK, has a bit of a British accent. But he moved to Eastern Europe, saying that the prospect of avoiding rape charges more easily was, quote, probably 40% of the reason for the move. And then added, I'm not an effing rapist, but I like the idea of just being able to do what I want. I like being free. So if you have to, like, if you have to protest it. Mm. Right. So that that's like the quick overview. And now he's under arrest for sex trafficking charges, which all happened immediately after he taunted climate activist and autistic teenager Greta Thunberg about his uh, fleet of gas guzzling cars to which she responded. <laughs> yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at small at get a life.com. And as the, uh, as the independent reports on this quote, the internet duly erupts prompting Tate to respond initially rather weakly by asking how dare you? <laughs> Had anyone ca- caught that detail? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's actually oh, yeah. one of my favorite oh, yeah. details. Uh, that, I read it uh, and I thought this must be a spoof, but then I realized it was real. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, he's he's a super alpha male, you know, likely rapist who doesn't even have a good comeback to a teenager mocking him on the internet, <laughs> which I, I found uh, thoroughly enjoyable. But then, as we were discussing the idea of talking about this topic and the other topics that uh, that we had for the show, one of us made the connection, I bet Andrew Tate doesn't read. <laughs> and then uh, Aaron here, proving once again her crack research skills, <laughs> Googled, does Andrew Tate read? And the result was pretty glorious. Reading books is a very cheap way to, I guess, entertain. I wouldn't call it entertainment because my brain is far too advanced. I'm too smart to read. I'm not going to sit there and go, smart people read. No, I need action. I need constant chaos in my life to feel content. I need to be driving a supercar and fucking fighting, fucking a bunch of hoes and champagne and going crazy. I can't just sit there. Oh, oh and the pirate on the boat. Just for, it's for people with slow brains. <laughs> Oh my God, I've never heard him speak before. Sorry, his accent's really just pulling me over. Um, 
It almost sounds like someone uh, trying to do a British yeah. accent. Yeah, like, <laughs> it sounds country at some point. It's not like like deep, deep country south. Anyway, um, yeah, that's also, the problem. I know. Sorry, it's just that I hadn't heard him speak before, so that was the first thing that that popped out. But the the well, there are a few things, obviously, but I love that he <laughs> thinks that he needs like. Okay, let's put it this way: if we're not talking about books and we're talking about movies. The higher intellect movie is not the car chase shoot 'em up movie. It is the deep thought <laughs> artistic indie film, right? And um, the fact that he thinks that his brain is too fast for books and therefore he is smarter than the average person is such a flawed premise. I can't even begin to. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's confusing like ADD with intelligence. Which, yeah, so like, which is a sign of him not being that smart. I mean, we're we're not breaking major news here. That it right. turns Andrew out Tate's not that smart. Not mm. that smart. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All I hear is like, is it daddy? Is that oh, yeah. the, the problem with Andrew? Tate? Oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like before we, you know, before I say how much I, I despise him as a human being, I want to have like a little bit of empathy. When someone says like, I need chaos to feel content, you're trying to cover all those thoughts. You don't want to have any of those thoughts and deal with any of the problems that the trauma that you clearly dealt with your whole life. So we're going to push that aside with yeah. cars and money and probably drugs and alcohol and all kinds of other, like he's not able to deal with himself. And he's selling that as a good thing. Mm-hmm. I do think we should have like a trigger warning just because of the sexual assault yeah. allegations. Oh, yeah. But just like the fact like, uh, you know, with rape, rape is never about sex. It's literally about the power dichotomy. So like that alone and some of the things that have been pulled about him, I know they're still in whatever. So trying to keep my statements neutral, um, like it's horrific, but also, yeah, no one who doesn't have severe mental health issues, something going on. Like no one says that without, I mean, I don't know. Again, in his, his his own words, I think he does understand that about rape, that he seems to like enjoy the power. Everything about him is definitely that. Like even the fast cars, like you, you want to feel like you have power and that's what domination. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know what kind of trauma. And like, here we are. Are we giving empathy to? Yeah, we're, like- we're being Allison. <laughs> we're we're giving. We're trying to explore. I think mm-hmm. it's not even necessarily empathy per se. It's like trying to explore to understand, right? It's one of those things. Like, there's a problem, and they're going towards the wrong solution, right? So, it's mm-hmm. it's just an easy solution to say, you know men are like this women are like this this is why things aren't aren't good for us or why we're not top dog anymore or whatever talking about kids um my i have a very young brother who's you know of the young gen z variety (laughs) and um he was telling us how he has a lot of friends at school who talk about andrew tate and Luckily, he has not fallen down that rabbit hole and is aware that he's a terrible person. But it did disturb me to hear how many of his friends were already familiar with him and were watching him. And these are, you know, young teens, like young high school. 
And and it turns out they're basically the target audience. So a- as I was getting caught up on the Tate news, I was reading a couple of the like, so you're new to this. Let's tell you everything you need to know about Andrew Tate. So this one's from MSNBC, and it included this line from a researcher, you know, because obviously they brought in some experts to to give some clues into like what's going on behind the scenes of this story. And this researcher said, this is impacting our young men. Research I've done and others have done demonstrates that where older men are typically more likely to be distrusting of minority groups, younger men at a really surprising level, a significant minority, are anti the idea of women having the same rights as men. So the sub subsection is men subsection is young men and it's less than 50% of young men, but more than you would imagine have started falling into like, yeah, it's probably a decent idea that men literally should have more rights than women. And that is, I mean, obviously we're going to be digging into this more, but that was a shocking line to read. I was having the thought the other day that that in some regards, not in all of it, but in some regards, feminism or the larger idea of feminism and women being equal in society has won to a point where we're getting like cartoonish backlash that it's like a really easy thing for somebody who's sad or their life isn't going well to point to as like the thing that's different from the time when maybe they were younger. But when I hear about young kids being drawn to it, it just makes me think they are lonely and depressed and are looking for anything to be the reason for why they're feeling this way. And it just like people like this are magnets to young men who are trying to figure out who they are, what they are, their sexuality, their place in the world, and they need an identity to follow. And so someone like Andrew Tate, who's a big, loud, I don't apologize for anything kind of personality is really, um, unfortunately, (laughs) easy to gravitate to if you're feeling kind of lost and like you don't know where you belong. And it... uh, (sighs) And I guess what I'm trying to say is the reason he even is a thing and the reason this is even a potential solution for younger people or anyone looking for why their lives aren't great is because broadly speaking, the feminist movement has won in so many areas that it's easier to point to that. It's other stuff is more nuanced and like, you know, uh, <laughs> living wages and our social safety nets and, uh, so, you know, social media driving our society to the brink. Like those are more complicated things to point to as a reason for why your life isn't going very well. <laughs> but women who I have to interact with all the time and like, you know, I, I, if you're a young teenager, you want to have a relationship with them and it's complicated or difficult and you don't, you know, or girls don't like you or whatever. That's the easy answer, once again, to just dr- be drawn to and say, okay, this is the solution to everything. If we just stuff women back down to where we think they should be, everything will be better in my life. I'll have a better standing, a better under- understanding of who I am in this world that's complicated. 
that's my that's my hot take for the day. <laughs> so as we mercifully put this topic to bed, uh, let me let me fill everyone in on why he was able to grow the way he did. And um, it turns out, not surprisingly to people like us who have our fingers on the pulse, it actually comes back to capitalism culture. So this is from another one of those articles I was reading. Uh, You know, expert says he figured out a way to game the current social media landscape that was achieved via Hustlers University Tate's online self-help course on wealth generation. It costs $45 per month, which its site claims grants access to 12, quote, multimillionaire experts in their selected field. Included topics on the course are copywriting, e-commerce, crypto, stocks, and freelancing. Part of Tate's social media presence is due to Hustlers University's affiliate marketing campaign, according to a report from The Guardian. Hustlers University members earn 48% commission for every person they refer, the publication reports, and Hustlers University actively encourages its users to spread inflammatory Tate content on TikTok and other social media. Polarizing videos get more eyeballs, and more eyeballs means more referrals for Hustlers University's, quote-unquote, students. So that's why... Primarily, people were sharing his yeah. content so much. Yeah, no, that all tracks. The pyramid yeah. scheme. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> we should all be way more mad at Tim Ferriss. Yes. For normalizing this. The way to make money is to get people to give you money totally. to tell them how to make money. 100% Dion. That's it for today's free sample. There's lots more of that particular episode, as well as there being dozens of past bonus episodes that you get access to in your feed the minute you sign up as a new member. Paying members are who make this entire show possible, and so these bonus episodes are a fun way to say thanks to them for their support. In addition to those full bonus episodes, members also get bonus clips in every single regular episode, as well as there being no ads in the regular show. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support. You can use our Patreon page, or you can do it from right inside the Apple Podcast app, and links to get there are right in our show notes. And if you can't afford membership, I offer free financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email to j at bestoftheleft.com, and we will get you set up, no questions asked. Or, again, to sign up and support the show and our ability to give away free financial hardship memberships, visit us at bestoftheleft.com slash support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.